You're listening to the podcast of River of Life Christian Fellowship in Durant, Oklahoma. Visit us online at rolcf.org. All right, let's pray. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you are the great teacher. I thank you that you open our eyes and we begin to understand. And as we understand, then we can actually apply it in our life freely and and willingly and openly. Uh, I thank you that your yoke is easy and your burden is light, that, that you've put your word in a place that is so close to us that we can find it even without anything on the physical because your word says you put your word in our heart that it's not far from us it's not across the sea it's not up in heaven but it's in our hearts you've written it on our hearts thank you for that Holy Spirit open the eyes of our understanding Uh, we know so much we understand so little Jesus sent you here to teach us and so we honor you we honor you in that aspect as teacher and that gift Uh, We're willing to be taught. Uh, We submit ourselves to you. We submit what we know to you. All the things that we have established to bring us self-worth and value, we put at your feet. We want nothing but your, your spoken word to us to bring us value and dignity. May our value and dignity come from the knowledge of how you see us and not how others see us. Thank you, Father. You are peace. I thank you that you've given us a place called rest. You've made it available to us. Teach us how to control our imagination. Teach us how to use our imagination for what it was meant for. May we begin to imagine your glory. May we begin to see it in our mind's eye. Your word coming to pass. Our shadows healing as we walk down the the street. May we be able to find a secret place that no one can take from us. Holy Spirit, you are the great teacher. All God's people said, Amen. Amen.
Uh, before we get into this evening, um, the what? No, it's fine. In the book of Acts, turn with me in the book of Acts real quickly. This isn't in the notes, you know what that means. This may be the, the beginning and end of class. <laughs> uh, Acts 12. Just something that was I couldn't get out of my mind when I was praying, so I take that as a hint. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you're praying and something keeps bothering you praying, take it as a hint. <laughs> All right. Acts chapter 12. It's a real popular, a real familiar story. Uh, verse 5 here, it says, Peter freed from prison. And uh, I'm not going to read the whole passage of Scripture because you... Most people understand what that scripture is and everything, but or what the story is. But Peter was put in prison, and the and it was actually the bottomless. It was at the very bottom. If you were to draw uh, a prison and go down levels, it was in the lowest level of the prison, and each level was guarded by a gate and soldiers. And not only was he put in the very bottom of the prison, but he, the scripture here says it calls it a quadrant of soldiers. In other words, he had two on his hand, two on this hand, two on his feet, on each of his feet. So he had eight. That quadrant is eight. So he was chained to eight soldiers in the bottom of the prison, uh, at the bottom level, in the, in the worst of the worst. He, he was in high security. <laughs> okay, uh, They didn't want him to get out. And through the process of, you know, the angel showed up and said, uh, uh, Peter, get up, uh, put on your clothes and follow me. And as he got up, as he heard the word of the Lord and responded, key thing is he responded to the word. And as he responded, then things begin to happen. See, a lot of times we hear the word and we don't respond. We've got to respond. You know, you're healed. And you don't respond. That's why I have people do something they hadn't done. What couldn't you do before? Raise it. You know, bend over. Raise your hand. Stick your leg. Whatever it is. What, what you couldn't done. Do what you couldn't. Jesus said, told the blind man, the one that couldn't see, to open his eyes. He couldn't do that before. And so he did it. You know, the word of the Lord comes. You've got to activate. You've got to do something to honor that word in your life. And as he did this, as he, the scripture says, as he got up, the chains fell off. It doesn't say the chains fell off and he got up. It says, as he got up, the chains fell off. And then he began to, so he was uh, released from this quadrant of soldiers down at the bottom of the prison. He began to go through a process of deliverance. And now this story is very applicable because we know that Pharaoh or the, the, is the type and shadow of the enemy or the devil, you know, principalities and powers, whatever you want to realm you want to call that, relate it to. But it's it's a process of salvation. You know, there is a deliverance of salvation. He was saved from his situation and began to walk out of the prison. And the gates opened on their own accord. The scripture says, and as he went through the gates, this gate opened, 
and this gate opened, and this and no soldiers woke up. All these metal gates begin to open, and and they begin to walk out. And down here at the very uh, when they came to the final gate, uh, let's let's start with verse ten. When they when they were past the first and the second guard post, and there's guards and guard posts. You know what I'm saying? They came to an iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them on its own accord. And in other words, the soldiers didn't open, it just opened. And they went out and went down on the street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain, everybody say certain, <laughs> that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod. See, each and every one of us can say for certain that we've been delivered from the hand of the devil, right? We have been delivered. We have been set free from the hand of the devil. But it doesn't stop there. And from all the expectations of the Jewish people... How would you like to live a life free from the expectations of people? You know, most of us are like we are because other people expected us to be that way. See, what he experienced here for the first time in his life, something happened in him, something happened in his heart that he knew that he knew that he knew See, it wasn't the children of Israel that came and, and, and saved him out of this prison. It wasn't the Jewish people and religious society. It wasn't his special little group of Christian friends. God showed him so much value. God, see, he, he received so much value to realize that God delivered him. Man didn't. And that he was pleasing to God to be delivered, not just from Herod, but from the expectations of people. And it doesn't mean that we live a careless life, like I don't care what you think. But it's his value was established not by fulfilling the expectations of other people. Most people in life live a dependent and a codependent Christianity. We are dependent upon expectations and codependent. Does everybody understand that? We, we would be, it would be hard for us to be free, really free, from expectations of other people because that's really what's guided our life. Why not be free to God's expectation? Does everybody see what's happening here? It's, it's one thing to be saved. It's another thing to be free on the inside from everything that's kept you in bondage. That's what this class is all about. This class is about being free for you to be who you've been called to be. Not who somebody else expects you to be. Man, that's scary. That's scary for a lot of people. You know, uh, especially as we grow older in life, we've grown used to who we are. We've grown, grown comfortable. But we need to realize that who we are really isn't who we are. It's who we have become. 
We really need to find... Most of us think that what we've done in life was God's destiny and purpose for our life. No, it wasn't. Destiny is something you discover. It's not something you decide. Most people go to college, study things that they won't ever put to use in, in their lifetime because they decided to do something until they discovered something else. See, yeah. see discovery, you know, a treasure. Uh, I could use the, the, the story of, of a pirate, but I, some people in here get all excited talking about pirates. But, but uh, a pirate discovers treasure. You know, it's a treasure map, and they, they don't decide the treasure. They discover something that's already there. And see, there's something in us. We need to discover our destiny. God has placed in us His purpose and His will. Some of us just get caught up. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a, I want to mention him just out of just a great example. And, and a friend of mine, I mean, Wayne, uh, works hard. He reminds me of me when I was in construction. You know, he just, he dug and dug and dug and did all he could do to work and get every job he could. He says, I got to get it while I can get it because so, there's going to be a day it won't be there and I got to have enough to get it. And I heard his heart. You know, I heard his, I got to work. I, I said, but Wayne, God, if you just trust God, it'll always be there. It won't always be about you making it happen. And that's so hard for us to do in life is that you know, to, to sit back, especially when we've established a lifestyle and a, a certain requirements, and we put ourselves under this pressure and, uh, and expectations. The world puts expectations on us. And there's a place called peace and a place called rest. It doesn't mean you're going to stop working. It just means you're going to start working smarter. You know, being busy is not God. Matter of fact, it's anti-God. Being lazy is anti-God. You being busy about God things is God. We need to be about, our passion needs to be about the things God's called us to do. See, it's one thing to, it's a one thing, you know, when a person is just working to pay bills, that's pretty monotonous. But if you're working to pay bills so you can serve God, you know, if, those, if, if paying those bills is, is allowing you to minister, if the end result is you just paying bills... The end result is not you just paying bills. The end result is, is you living a godly life, being a godly example, giving all the glory to God, and being an example to this world of His goodness in your life. That's the end result. Letting God work through you while you pay your bills. But sometimes we miss that. You know, I'm going to bring Donna up, you know, just starting a school year of teaching. My goodness gracious. How many years has it been? And my brother, same scenario, same situation as Donna, but longer. He's, he, he, lost, he lost the vision of why he was there. Now he's just doing it for a paycheck. Now he's miserable. But he, he used to have the vision of impacting kids, touching them. And I have all. <laughs> so that, that's why destiny is so important, because you realize God's put you into something to touch people. You know, if you're just looking at the, I, I mean, I mean, I'm just the pastoring. I could be in this just for the job. You know, I I'm in this to touch people, period. And I'm hoping, and I'm, ho I'm hope, I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping all the bills get paid along the way. <laughs> I got my tools just in case, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> and all the money I gave up. <laughs> I 
I didn't plan on it. <laughs> oh, here we go. switch there that if someone would just pull that switch it would let the sheep out and my sense was when I op when I woke up was that we have allowed tradition mm -hmm. to put us into a cave and into a into squalor mm. and God wants to release us but it, it takes someone to bring the truth mm. and to read and to pull the, switch pull the switch and let the sheep out mm. Come on, you can share that on Sunday. Uh, I'm going to share this just just so you guys know what what happens in a service. In fact, I had cowboy boots on, and I couldn't hardly walk around because of all of the manure. I mean, it was a bad, bad place. Wow. It was sheep, some laying on their backs, some on their sides. Inactive, not doing what sheep do. Wow. Uh, just to let you know, and I, I'm not saying this to embarrass Frank or boast Frank, and he understands sometimes these things have to be shared for the benefit of the whole. Uh, just to show you what's going on, and, and that on Sunday mornings, uh, when we have, I mean, Sunday morning was a great spiritually act, spiritual active service. Uh, Frank came up to me, and sometimes he doesn't share, and we don't have him share everything he says, because sometimes it's not corporate. You know, sometimes we feel it's corporate, you know, and then either I'll share it or Frank will share his uh, whatever he's seeing and sensing in the spirit. But Sunday he came up to me and he said, somebody, he says, I just feel somebody's, and I'll paraphrase it, somebody in the church has got a song in the, in the spirit. Now that's something that doesn't happen a whole lot. Matter of fact, it hadn't happened in the seven months we've been here. Okay? And Frank came up and he said, and see, this kind of stuff happens just to let, that kind of thing let, to let me know that yeah we're flowing how we're supposed to flow and we're doing it was like a confirmation not to worry about that's why I can say so confidently in faith what I'm seeing because the Holy Spirit is bringing confirmation to what we're doing and he said someone's got a song in the Lord and he didn't stop there he said it's Christina <laughs> called her by name and went and sat down I was thinking Pam and all my spiritual you know, I'm thinking, because she'd already done a little bit. You know, I'm going, well, I'm safe. <laughs> okay, it's Pam. No. And sure enough, and I didn't say anything to anybody. We just kept on with the service. And, and uh, probably 15, 20 minutes later, my eyes are closed. I'm worshiping. All of a sudden, I hear this new song of the Lord coming out in English. And it's Christina right over here. standing that thing. See, it's God confirming his word. Uh, he even used some words about, I don't know, Christina used the words, uh, about confidence like three or four times and I'm and that was the whole message on Sunday was confidence so see God is giving me using somebody his gift to encourage me and then to confirm it it happened and manifest and in the word confirm the word I was supposed to give and I'm going 
we're right on track, people. You know what I'm saying? So, so we just you just need to know those kind of things take place. All right. I mean, sometimes you don't know about it because everybody's you know, and I, we don't share it, but it happens quite frequently. So I just thought I'd share that this time because sure you can. Come on. Well, have you ever heard of forced obedience? <laughs> and now that I know, guess who's going to share on Sunday? <laughs> it's called forced obedience. <laughs> it may be belated obedience, but I'm a forced belated obedience. <laughs> See? Good, good. See, see, now that's exactly. Now, now, now see, I just want to share because we're talking about that and everybody's sensing this on a personal level now. Now let's go back to scripture we just read. Free the expectations of other people. Who cares what they think? You do what God's called you to do when you called it to do it. Okay. It's just you it, being obedient to the Spirit. You don't, and you don't know what you do, how it's going to affect other people in the positive. We always think we're going to be a disturbance. Listen, I, the Holy Spirit, I, I just feel the Holy Spirit begging us to, to perform more in His presence. I'll just say it that way. Perform more in His presence. Let it loose. Let it out. I would rather, listen, I'm the type of guy, and you need to know, know this about me, I'd rather have to put out fires than stir them up. I'd rather, have, I'd rather have the elders meet in my office talking about, well, how can we control what's going on on Sunday than the elders in my office talking about how can we get something going on on Sunday. <laughs> All right? I would much rather have the problems Paul had with the church in Corinth than no problems at all. Since we're all talking, it would just bless my heart if we were like those children and we feel that urging of the Holy Spirit to do whatever, just to do it. Because he told us to come like a child and those children... When they have something in their mind, when they just want to go twirl around and dance in the room, they just do it. Yeah. They don't worry that somebody's going to think they look stupid. They just twirl around. And all of those actions that we are impressed to do have um, corresponding results in the heavenly realm. So those actions that we might be doing, marching or clapping or dancing or twirling, have such amazing effect in the spiritual realm, just like in um, Chronicles, the worship
worship team went out before the whole army, and they were fixing to face the um, anti-assault weapons and everything of their day. But they sent out the Israel with the guitar, you know, Christopher with the djembe first. And their big worship song was this. I mean, the big warfare song was, for the Lord is good and his mercy <laughs> endureth forever. And they repeated it over and over and over and over. For the Lord is good and, 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 and his mercy over. endureth forever. And, that, and, and the, the choir and mm. the instruments, they were in front. Fixing to know that they were going to come up against the guys with the machine guns and, and you know the hand grenades and everything. And as they were proclaiming, for the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever, they get to the crest of the hill, and all of the enemy had killed themselves off. And not only had they killed themselves off, but it took the Israelite nation three days to carry in the spoils of war. All right. Be obedient to those things that he asked you to do. All right. Last week we ended up talking about freedom and how for most people it's just a scary place. They don't want to go there because they don't want to be responsible. Uh, we're going to start out finishing up talking about freedom. But freedom, I, I've written this down this way. Hopefully you, you'll, you'll catch what it's saying is freedom is only experienced to the degree that you're willing to be or accept responsibility. You will only experience true freedom to the degree that you're willing to accept responsibility. That's why most people really don't want to be free in Christ. Most people still want a system of structure that they can derive their security from. If they just do these things, they're secure. But we're supposed to be free from that system. And really, freedom is really changing your heart into what God has already done for you. It's accepting what He's done. Time and time and time again, uh, it's, it, faith is in Christ's righteousness. You know, for so long the faith message uh, got, gave us, excuse me, the faith message didn't give us a bum rap. The way we heard it gave us a bum rap because we use it for personal gain. Anytime you talk about faith in Christ, faith in, that's what it says, faith in Christ. It is talking about faith in Christ and what He did to make us righteous. You can't separate faith and righteousness ever in the Word. It is faith in His righteousness that He's made us free in. We're free in His righteousness. And we need to understand that that, that righteousness and that freedom... see. Uh, we've talked about heart physics. You know, the, the, a couple weeks ago we talked about the first law of physics, which is every action has an opposite and equal reaction. Uh, the, se the second law that we talked about, not necessarily the second law of physics, they're not in that kind of order, but the second one we talked about, about multiple realities being any, any one place in time, in one situation, that determined by where your vision is. I think the best way I've ever explained it, and I've done this before, I did it here too, is get it down on the floor and try to go to the back of the room through the doors. If I'm down on the floor trying to go through those doors, I can't see what I really need to see. I'm just seeing the legs in front of me. The lower I am, the more things I've got to deal with, and the 
more trouble I've got to go through to get to where I got to go and pretty soon it gets too hard and I quit trying to even get there where if I'm elevated if my position that's what this over here is for that reality is determined by your vision if you want to change what you're experiencing in life change what you're seeing change the perspective you're looking from most people experience the same thing their parents did because they see what their parents saw does everybody hear what I'm saying you don't like what you're experiencing you have control of that and that is change from where you're looking at if I'm seated in Christ Jesus far above principalities and powers like it says in the book of Ephesians now if I'm seated up here I'm seated in the same place just different perspective in place now I can see the doors clearly in the back and I see there's a bunch of empty chairs and I really don't even need to go there for me to go there I need to do a couple things and make it a couple adjustments and my path can be real clear and simple to get to where I want to go that's the way it is in life if all you do is see your bills every month and just try to work to get through your circumstances you're seeing them from this perspective and you'll never get to where you need to go because this will be your vision this will be what you see so a man thinks in his mind so is he now let's talk, stop and talk about that word thinking because I think it's a good way to go into what we're talking about tonight everybody say think, think. alright your thought process the process of thinking uh, the very word uh, I can't say the word thought but the process of thought is, is interpreted in a better way called the, being a gatekeeper your thought process is a gatekeeper into your mind into your soul what you think about uh, determines what gets in your life. Okay? What you think about... See, a, a gate works both ways. Not only does it let th things in, but it lets things out. Okay? So, your thought process, it's a gatekeeper. The, what you think about will determine what you let in. If you are consumed with thought about something let's say okay has everybody ever looked for a new car before okay now we'll watch him light up on this what kind of yeah you know has everyone bought a new car now you haven't bought a new car but you've looked at it and see you're thinking about that new car you've shopped all the different brands and you settled on what you think is the best and you're just thinking about it right your thought process is think you're you're allowing thoughts of that car you are seeing more of that car than you've ever seen before on the street yeah that's true that's just, just last week. all right <laughs> okay <laughs> see 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 there's no more cars out there than there ever have been but you're seeing more you know but if you got i mean i went to i went to help him look for cars and we found this cute little car dodge do well, even I was thinking of the, the, the Dodge. But, but as soon as you get your eyes fixed and your thought on that, and you're, you start using your imagination and get your heart involved, and you start giving it value, pretty soon you start seeing that vehicle everywhere. Oh, 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 there's one, there's one, there's one, there's one. You know, why? Well, it's not strange. It's, it's, it's what happens in our system. So... As you think about something, you're letting that information in that you would not have normally let in. See what happens? 
you normally would not have let that information affect you. It would affect you. But now that you're thinking about it, it's allowing that information to come in and it's also letting the energy come out. Now you're excited about that vehicle. Now you've got an energy to drive across town and look at that vehicle and go ask that guy how does he like it. See, not only does the thought pattern produce, allow what comes into your mind so you can see it and feel it and experience it, but it allows the energy to go out so you can actually touch it, taste it, and feel it. And well, if that works for a car, don't you think it's going to work for God? Don't you think it's going to work for the Word? That's why the Bible says, think on these things. What is righteous, holy, just, and pure... If you think on these things, what are you going to do? You're going to see the things that are righteous, just, pure, and holy, and you won't see the things that are ugly, nasty, and pathetic. You won't be moved by the flesh. You'll be moved. You'll be, your heart will begin, your soul will be able to take in the things of God. See, that thinking is a process of meditation. You know, have you ever just sat there and contemplated? Does anybody imagine something? Someone tell me about something you've imagined in your lifetime. You ever imagined catching a big fish? I have. Crystal has imagined going to England. You know, and so she's gotten involved with those thought processes, and that's fixing to come to pass for her. You know, I imagined uh, many times going up in the boundary waters in Canada, and I imagined going for the 30 days, and I saw me doing it. I was totally prepared in my mind for every scenario that came across my path. You know why? Because I use my imagination. I thought of storms. I thought of all kinds. I thought of bear coming in. I was ready for bear to come in because it wasn't going out. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't going to shoo it away. I was prepared because I had used my imagination. I'd used my thought process. I had allowed that energy, those thought patterns to come in. I dwelled on them, and it gave me the energy to apply what I knew. See, that's what happens when you use your imagination. Anybody else use your imagination for anything? Anybody imagine something before in the past? You saw the end result. Now, now see, now see, uh, an, an artist. We got an artist back here. Watch what happens with an artist. An artist. Uh, I, I I didn't know this person, but I, it, it's shared in many circles. But the guy that. Uh, carved the Indians sitting on a horse up in Dakotas, okay? People ask him, how did you do that? He says, simple, I just knocked off everything that didn't look like a horse. Because <laughs> he saw the end result. He took away what wasn't supposed to be there. Duh. <laughs> you know, it's just an artist sees the end result. They just don't start putting stuff on there. They see the end result. A, a person with a play, they see that they, they know what they want to accomplish, and they go back and make it happen. They use their imagination. No, everybody that builds a building sees a picture of it first. You know, when you built your house, you got your thoughts involved. You, you, you contemplated. You saw the artist's rendition. You go, yeah, I like this. I'm willing to put my energy toward it. See, thoughts in, energy out. Boy, if we could just do that with the Word. And, and you can. You can do that with the Word. You can actually... See, uh, we're going to talk about some Scripture. Uh, matter of fact, well, we're going to start. We, I didn't mean to do it this way. I'm, watch this. I skipped a whole page. 
Wow. That's, that's next week. Uh, turn, with me, turn with me to uh, the book of Psalms. We're going to talk about the word meditation. Uh, these are not all the scriptures, by the way. These are just a few that we've picked out. And uh, Psalms 1. Psalms 1. The power of meditation, the power of thinking, the power of thought. Oh, yours is mind control. Yes, it is. It is mind control. I thought that was new age. No, that's old age. God determined it a long time ago for you to do this. All right? You should have mind control. Paul says, I think myself happy. Now, I understand that's a kind of a misuse of the, what the Scripture's actually saying, because he's not saying, I think happy thoughts until I become happy. He says, I consider myself to be a happy person. But it works both ways. That your thoughts, what you think about, will make you a happy person. It's self-feeding. Again, if again, I'll, I'll say this for everybody else's sake, but I am determining in my life to make the decisions that will take me to where I want to go in my emotions. I want to be at peace. So I choose to do the things in my life that will take me there. I don't wait for the things in life to take me there. If you wait for... See, most of us let the things of life determine us how we feel. I'm choosing to determine how I want to feel, and so I determine those things in life. If I've got a choice between two things, and one thing I can see is going to be, bring, you know, it may, it may be more money. But if it's not as much peace, I'll go with the decision to bring me more peace. Peace is more valuable than money. It really is. Because if you can find peace without money, when you have it, it's no big deal. When you don't have it, it's no big deal. Okay? All right, let's look at there. Now, I, I, I want to get it. We're not really going to get into the meditation, but, but what we need to understand that meditation is um, calculated thought. Meditation needs to be on purpose, not by default. Okay? Uh, let me give you an example of meditation by default. You're driving down the highway. You're not paying attention to your speed. You see a highway patrolman going the other way. His lights come on and turn around behind you. That whole process, you're, going, you're using your imagination and it's moving your emotions greatly. Some of you are hitting the dash. Some of you are cussing, saying you don't got the money for this. Some of you are saying, oh God, have mercy. I mean, we're going through a whole series of confessions because a policeman turned on his lights and turned around, and then he passes you. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, bless God. Oh, I'll never do it. See, see how much you're moved? That happened to me today. Well, I saw it. That's why I brought it up. 
Repent! See, but I just, you'd be checking on it. See, see, but see, you imagined the end result before it happened. And it moved you. Just think if we could take that same gift that God's given us. I am a gifted daydreamer. Man, it was always by default, just whatever came in my mind, I went there. You know, I literally went there. I believe that you can, ta- you can purpose that. Matter of fact, in my life, I've purposed. I have a place that I meet Jesus personally. He hugs me. I hug him. It is called my secret place. Nobody can take this away from me. It's mine. It's a place that Jesus and I share together. You can't have it. It won't mean the same to you. And you all can develop a secret place in your mind, in your heart, that only you and God go. A place of peace and tranquility, no matter what the situation or circumstance, and you can commune with God. Everybody say commune. Communion. I'm not talking about communion, because with a lot of people, communion is just an act that God told us to do. Communion, the very act of communion is, is to commune. To have be at one with, to be at fellowship. It's it's to be to be intimate with, to be it's a time of pondering. Matter of fact, communion. Uh, does, who has the old old King James? Anybody here have the old King James? Nobody has the old King James? I do. That's what I like, guys. I got a spare Bible just in case you got a different version. Okay, you're going to need to read for me as we go through here because the very word communion means to meditate. The very word meditate means to commune. So what do we do? We just, just we drink the juice, eat, eat, the, eat the bread, and go on. It means to meditate, to commune. Commune and meditate. Psalms chapter 1. <laughs> Watch this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Everybody say night. We're going to focus on tonight as we read these scriptures. Okay, we're not going to go past here. What you need to understand here is that when the, the process of meditation, meditating, in this case, on the laws of God, on the ways of God, will help this person not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. If you're not meditating on God's Word, guess what? You will walk in the counsel of the ungodly. If you're meditating on God's Word ungodliness will not come I mean you will not if you're thinking of God's word meditating on God's word what happens when you go buy a car and you're thinking and meditating on it you see that car everywhere
<laughs> I like that. Do you guys ever walk through Walmart? Oh, come on. You're shopping, you're supposed to be looking for stuff, and you see someone at the end of the aisle that you don't want to see, and you go the other way, and you start You ever be in church and the pastor says something you don't like to hear, but you know you're supposed to hear it, and you're going, Oh, Pastor, he don't know what he's talking about. I'm other churches. I'm not talking about us. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> That's talking to yourself. That means you're thinking about it so much, it's causing you to respond. Thoughts come in, energy comes out of the abundance of your heart. Your mouth is going to... But the way it got in there was because you were thinking about it. You control what goes into your mind. I guarantee you... If I think of pornography long enough, I'm going to respond. I'm going to see everything that there is to see. I think about godly things. If I don't think about pornography, I'm not going to see it. The moment I begin to plant that seed, the moment I look too long at a billboard going down the highway, I start seeing it everywhere. That gummit, quit it. Does that make me less spiritual? No. It's a process of our heart. It's the way we're made. That's why the Bible has given us instructions. I don't go online hardly ever, do I? I've given Tammy my password. If you want to send him an email, send it to Tammy. <laughs> I stay away. Why? I'm red-blooded American male. But you're a pastor. I know me, and I know what I don't need to be thinking about. And I'm all, am I alone here? I don't no, think so. Sir. We have to be wise in what we think about on purpose instead of default. If you think about it, you're going to see it everywhere. And if you see enough of it, energy's going to come out. It's natural. It's just the way you're made. But now we know something about it. We can do something about it. Instead of having it just happen out of default, I can control it now. That's why the scripture says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. It's not a secret thing in my life. I don't have these secret things going on. I've confessed it before. That's why I can talk about it and share it because it's lost its strength. I've given it no value. It doesn't give me no value. I don't get no, my value's in Christ. Why would why, why, I go down that road again? You see what I'm saying? The scriptures confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. That you may be healed, but we don't have anybody talking about nothing. When it comes to sex, we don't talk about it in church. Oh, no. Oh, we're supposed to. You, you mean go into scripture and show you how much stuff is talked about in sex in the Bible? But we ignore it. We don't have those problems. You liar. <laughs> anyway, let's go on. It says here, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Meditating on the God's law or God's ways brought him to a place of delight. Just like looking at that car long enough, you can get happy. You meditate on God's will and his ways and his purpose and his, his promises it will be a delight to you. 
You can literally change what brings you happiness. You can change what brings the... I, I, I mean, I love, I mean, I, I love to fish. I used to anyway. I, I, hunting and fishing and golfing and all these things really are not that big of a deal to me anymore. My golf clubs have mold on the handles. I would rather be here at the church working and teaching and preaching. I don't get excited about that stuff anymore. I really thought I would. I was all, I mean, anyway, let's go on. Let's go on to another scripture. In other words, you thinking about something will bring you the delight that you need to have. You may be delighting in the wrong thing if you're thinking about the wrong thing. Uh, Psalms chapter 4. We're just going to go one after another here. Oh, this is awesome. Y'all need to underline this. You need to highlight this one. This is a good one. Psalms chapter 4. Verse 4. Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed. What's that saying? Shut the lights off. Think about God. Right before you go to sleep, meditate on the things of God as you're preparing to sleep. As you're waking up in the morning while your head's still on the bed, think and meditate on the things of God. That's why we have you listening to the music that's being played right now in the background, which you can't hardly hear. We're trying to get you to go to sleep thinking about God and wake up thinking about God. You meditate. Give God your night. Give the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, I lay my head down on the bed tonight. Take my thoughts. Bring me the dreams you desire me to have. Speak to me in my sleep. May I be co convinced that God loves me every morning I wake up. Talk to the Holy Ghost when you go to sleep. That's why it says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Because at night it's special time. If you go to sleep mad, you will wake up mad. And all night long it's affected you. See, the scripture talks about these things, but we've never made sense of them. That's why it says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Because God doesn't want you to think about it at night. That's His time. Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Selah. You know what that means? Think about it. That means right after this scripture, it means think about it. Wait a minute. It means meditate on it. That's what we're talking about. Selah means to meditate. It means to think. We're supposed to think. I tell you what. What I want you to do, your homework tonight is to meditate, think, about this verse right here. Because the Bible saying to think about it. Be angry and sin not. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Ask the Holy Spirit how, what you're supposed to think about before you go to bed. You might hear the words magnify God. Just take a scripture and just one scripture and just Christ in me the hope of glory. Christ in me the hope of glory see it. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'm communicating this right. I'm not talking about just think the thought. I'm talking about put characters to it. Everybody close your eyes. We're going to go through some practical stuff here. Close your eyes, everybody. 
I don't want anybody looking at me right now. Don't worry, I'm not going to reach in your purse and get some money. That's all right. All right. I want you to think of a six-foot-tall candy cane, one with a hook on it. All right. Does everybody see, see a person standing? A person that you know that's six foot tall, standing next to a six-foot candy cane, and it's got stripes on it. You know, you don't know if there is probably a white candy cane with red stripes, and they go down, and they make about eight or nine loops until it reaches to the bottom. Does everybody see that? Okay, everybody look at me. As easy as that was, you can do that with the things of God. You use the, the same amount of power, the same amount of imagination, the same amount of effort and energy. Okay, now everybody do this. Just stop and see, just close your eyes again. And I want you to see a throne. It doesn't matter what kind of throne it is. See a throne with glory coming out. For me, it's bright lights, all colors. I mean, it's just glorious. You know, you can envision the light. You can envision the throne. You can, you know, it's so bright you really can't even see the whole throne in my picture. But you can paint it however you want to. The same energy it takes to do that, church, you can... Okay, let's do another one. See, see the man Peter. Well, I don't know what he looked like. It doesn't matter. Just picture the backside of a person behind somebody. and You know he's Peter, okay? And he's walking through a crowd down a busy uh, um, a shopping area with little, little things in the carts and during his time and they had all the vegetables out and, and there was beggars on the side and he's walking down uh, he's walking down this path in this little town and you're looking at the back of him you're right behind him do you see him? You just see a person's hair and his robe coming down and, and there's a bright light being the sunshine coming over here on his left shoulder and it's coming across him and hitting him in the face, but his, his shadow's being cast kind of at an angle behind him, and you're seeing the shadow touch the blind man uh, on the side of the road that he's already passed because the shadow's behind him, and you see that blind man get healed. You see his eyes open, and you see him get excited and jump for joy because he's never seen before. See, as much as you've just done that, you can do that with the things of God. You can see, you can go to a place, you can in your mind imagine Jesus hugging you. Well, I don't know what he looked like. It doesn't matter. What do you want him to look like? It's okay. I hope you don't imagine him looking like some of the pictures we've seen. <laughs> Picture him like something you just, it's, it's, it's your, trust me, God is not concerned about what he looks like in your imagination. As long as you're looking at him in your imagination. You can use your imagination. Stop and read. When you lay down at bed at night, stop and meditate on the scripture that says that signs and wonders will follow them that believe. Do you believe? Does everybody in here believe? Do you believe in signs and wonders? Then sit there and imagine yourself touching people as you walk that same street that Peter walked and touching people and seeing signs and wonders and miracles, turn around and look at your shadow healing people. You say, well, that's so silly. Okay. 
Go ahead and think about pornography. Go ahead and think about not having enough money. Because you think about not having enough money, and it's going to affect you, and you're going to have all kinds of, you know. You ever know so, one of the things we, 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 we flipped over and didn't talk about, but you ever notice some people as they get older just get, you ever know some people are just, I hate to say it this way, they're just sweet old ladies. I understand, that's what I'm saying, I'm being careful. But I'm getting, you know, I've got a long way to go to, but anyway. But, uh, but you, know, this, you know, people's countenance will change the, their looks on their face. A happy person, you can tell by looking at them. Over a period of years, there's people that you can look at and you know that they hadn't been happy for very long, if at all. They, they call that a sourpuss face. Oh, just, you just know they're mad. My grandfather was mad. He was mad for so long, I, I could just look at him and see mad. He was scary mad. That's grandkid. Scary mad. Because it affected his face. We talk about this. We've talked about in the weeks past about your cells. You know, your cells have what is known as DNA. In one cell, one cell knows everything else all the other cells know. Do you realize that? Every cell in your body, one cell knows what every other cell knows. Every cell knows what every cell knows. All right? But not all cells are created equal. Some cells are for this and some cells for that. But one thing that all cells have in common, all cells have a, have a drive in them to reproduce. It is the job of every cell to reproduce what it knows. A cell will reproduce the DNA that it's aware of. It will re reproduce the knowledge that it is aware of. If your countenance, if you are mad at heart, your cells know you're mad at heart. Matter of fact, I'll put it this way. Your cells know what you believe. And they will do everything in their power to reproduce that belief system. If you believe you're going to be, have a heart attack at 45 because your daddy did, your mama, I mean, all the grandfather, everybody in your family did, yeah. your heart, your cells will do everything in their power to reproduce that knowledge in the next set of cells. So now you have one cell that believes it. Now you got two cells that believe it. Now you have four cells that believe it. Now you have eight cells that believe it. And pretty soon your whole system believes that you're going to die at 40, 45 with cancer because of what you believed. Guess what? You believe. And guess what? If you don't believe it, you won't die at 45. You can literally change your future of your health by what you believe. It is that simple. All you have to do is believe the word. The word says life and death is in the power of the tongue. It says hide the word of God in your heart and life will be well with you and long. It is that simple. We are going to believe the word and this is how the word works. Most Christians are, and we talked about this before, but most Christians are trying to get healed instead of believing for health. I would rather live a life of divine health and never have to be healed. 
Okay? Yeah, you, your, your cells are dying and birthing new cells all the time. You literally have an opportunity to change your physical being by what you believe. That is the power. Now, we, we said this again, and I'm going to say it again this way. Now, now, be honest. How many people have problems believing that you, you can believe and change your physical being? Anybody in here? I'm, I'm okay. Okay, okay. I'm doing it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and say, you believe yourself, you think about it enough, you're going to take the right responses and think about it, the right energy come out, okay? Listen, which is it harder for us to do, to believe to change the physical or believe to change the spirit? We're, we're already believing in a God we've never seen to go to a place we've never been to live a life for all eternity. And we're believing for that, aren't we? Yes. And see, that's a confident expectation. He has con we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony. And if you believe something in your heart, it's going to come out of your mouth. Okay? Now, watch this. In, 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 the, well, in the old king... Yep. Psalms 4, 8. 4-8. Okay? Four, eight. I will both lie down in peace eight, and eight, sleep. For... Oh... For you alone, O Lord, and make me dwell in safety. You know, that is, it, this sleep is so powerful. Don't ever go to bed just thinking you're going to sleep. Let your sleep be on purpose. I mean, I'm going to read it again, and that's where it's, I think it says in the Old King James in verse 4, it says, Be angry and do not sin. sin. Commune within your heart. Is that what it says? Commune with your own heart upon your bed. Commune. And be still. Commune. You know, let you know that commune means to meditate. Think about God as you're laying there preparing to go to sleep. Man, there's something called the Alpha Zone. We're not going to talk about it tonight. But if you ever tap into your Alpha Zone on purpose, well, watch out. Look at verse 1 in, in chapter 5. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Stop right there. Guess what God considers? Oh, God considers your meditation. You ever think about that? No. <laughs> or you change what you're thinking about. Gosh, this is so powerful. How have we let the word meditation leave the church? Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Oh. We, we could go on. Uh, turn with me to uh, uh, Psalm 17, 15. I'm going to start doing this pretty quick because I think it's, we're way past time. I don't know. It looks awful dark outside. 17, 15. 
As for me, I will see... Oh, I like that. As for me, I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I wake in your likeness. It talks about waking up. It talks about waking up from your sleep in his likeness. Guess when he's saying this? Right before he goes to sleep. As for me, I will see your face. Got a question? Didn't we just meditate on some things like a candy cane? Why don't you meditate on God's face right before you go to bed and wake up looking like him? David was excited that when he woke up, he was going to look righteous. It says, as for me, I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I wake in your likeness. Something transpires when you sleep. If you do it on purpose, you can change your heart. Let's keep on going. Psalms 19.14. That can't be right. 19.14. I must have wrote one down wrong. No, it's not. It's right. I just don't underline it. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Let's read this again. Let the words of my mouth... See, it's just not what you say. It's what you're meditating on. It needs to be acceptable to God. Mm. And we just let it happen out of default. You're meditating on something. Let's meditate on what God says to meditate on. Look at uh, Psalms 49. Psalms 49, verse 3. Hear this, all peoples, give ear, all inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall give understanding. He wouldn't have had the wisdom without first meditating and getting the understanding. You, I tell you what, has anybody ever figured out a problem? Raise up your hand if you've ever figured out a problem. You know how you did it? By meditating on it. You sat there and thought about that sucker. You know how most people invent things? They ponder. Inventors will sit back and just They can be looking at TV, but not even thinking about it. They ask me all the time, what, what you watching? I don't know. Because I'm thinking about other things. Inventors will ponder until they see. When I went up my 30 days, I sat there and I thought about, can I make a sale? Do I have what it needs to make what I need to do, do what I got to get done? I thought about it for probably a day. I got that. Didn't, didn't go look, but I knew what I had. I went, that yeah how much of that do I got I don't know but I can spare that tarp and I pondered and when I had it all figured out in my head I put it together what's it say here again it says 
my mouth shall speak wisdom. See, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to... See, what he was speaking was because he meditated, and because he meditated, it gave him understanding. Once he understood something, he spoke it. I guess that's why God made me dyslexic. I, I've never tried to overcome my, my dyslexic because dyslexic people see things. We, we can imagine things. We can envision things. And all I do when, when I see like the circles and things like that, spirit, soul, and body, when I see a principle in the Word in my head, all I've got to do is, because I've meditated on all i got to speak on what I see up here and it comes out. That's how it works. I don't know. That's how it works. All right, let's go on. Psalms 49. Oh, we just read that one. 49.3. Uh, 64.1. And I just went here and grabbed some. I mean, this is how random, I mean, this is how often this comes up. Do you think it's by accident? I think we've just missed, I think we've just overlooked it. Hear my voice, O God, in my meditation. Speak to God in your meditation. Speak to God in your thought pattern. See yourself physically talking to God. I see myself in my secret place. First of all, I hear in my secret place the first thing, the first words that, that come out is Jesus telling me how glad he is to see me, dude. He doesn't get all spiritual speaking to King James. He says, I am so glad to see you. And he reaches up and puts his arms. I can feel it right now. He puts his arm around me and I says, oh, I'm so glad you're here. And we just embrace. I mean, I, I, I practice. I don't know how many times I've done it, but I used to, two, two ways I get there. I either go down in an elevator or go down an escalator. And every time I go down a floor, I can see I can get in that elevator and I see the little, you know, either 10, 9, 8, Usually it's going down to 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, and it's down the floors. And each, each level I go, I practice relaxing and meditating, getting excited in my mind. Oh, I know what's going to happen when I open those doors. I'm going to see Jesus. He's going to be waiting for me. When those doors open, I walk out, and I am in my own little world. As far as it's, it's outside, it's by a lake, it's a shoreline there, and I can see Jesus coming, and it, it, he's like this, and he's, we just didn't oh. mine anyway hear my voice oh God in my meditation where is he going to hear your voice where is David saying hear hear what I really got to say so it's one thing for you to spout out in, in English but what do you really got to say is going to be said while you meditate when no one else is around you're not worried about people hearing you you know, you're not worried about people, you know, seeing if you get up and, and, and march around the room. You're actually seeing, you say, okay, this is a place where I'm free from the expectations of people in my secret place. No one else knows I'm here, so I can really dance in your presence. I'm really that happy. I can twirl. I can be excited. I can be happy. I can cry. Because no one else is watching. And church, you can go there. It can affect your life for your entire life. Goodness. Hear my voice. Oh, God, in my meditations. Look at 77.6. I'll try to hurry up, kind of. 
77.6 says this, I call to remembrance my song in the night. Where? Come on. <laughs> this is too cool. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I meditate within my heart and my spirit makes diligent uh, uh, and my spirit makes diligent search. It happens because of meditation. He's remembering his songs in the night when he's laying down to go to bed. What are you fixing to do if I ever get you out of here? <laughs> You're fixing to go to sleep. Oh, don't let it go by another night. I don't, I'm begging you. <laughs> I just don't want to teach. I'm begging you. Get this stuff in your heart. Apply it. Remember, it's up to you to change your heart. It's not going to happen by osmosis. God says for you to guard your heart, for you to write the things in your heart. I even missed that one. Let me, y'all keep your, turn, turn to uh, 77.12. 77.12 says, I will meditate on all your work. Oh, listen to this one. When you go to bed tonight, I want you to think about all the things God did in your life. Remember what we talked about a couple weeks ago? If you magnify God and what he's done, you'll see what he's doing. And once you see what he's doing, you'll see what he's declared. First of all, you've got to magnify what he's done. And that process of magnifying and being faithful to magnifying and what he's done, you're going to begin to see what he's doing in the present. Once you begin to see what he's doing in the present and you magnify him for that, you're going to see what he's determined for the future. You're not going to see the future until you magnify what he's done. Oh, that's just good principles right there now. I will also meditate on your work and talk of your deeds. What is that? That's magnifying with your mouth. Your way, O oh God, is in the sanctuary. I will also meditate on all your work. And talk. the talking came after he meditated. Meditating gave him the confidence to talk. Why aren't Christians talking about the mighty works of God? Because they're not meditating at night about what He's done. That's good stuff. That's good stuff right there. Look at Psalms 119. I mean, how hard was this? I mean, this has just been in the Word for... Psalms 119. Oh. Watch this. Verse 15. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Okay. How was he going to delight and how was he not going to forget? By meditating and contemplating. You meditate and contemplate, you're not going to forget and lose your delight. Come on. That's just pure word right there. Look at verse 27. Verse 27 says this. Make me understand your way. Excuse me. Let me read it right. Make me understand the way of your precepts. So shall I meditate on your wonderful works. Look at the power of meditation. 
Meditation brings you to an understanding of God's ways if you just meditate on the things of God. I think I'm going to turn to Proverbs. This is going to be the last scripture, last verse. You know what that means? Nothing. Don't get your hopes up. Sorry. But I'm going to get done with this. And I, uh, Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3. Now, after I just said all that, we're going to read Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. I usually go to verse chapter 4 and talk about hide the word in your heart, you know, and it's, it's life and health to your bones. It is the, you know, you know, it, you know in, in chapter 4 it says here, it says, it says, My son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my saying. This is verse 20. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. And they are life to those who find them. And health, everybody say health. Health, health to all their flesh. Everybody say flesh. So it's talking about your flesh and health in your flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. God's not going to keep your heart. You've got to keep it. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of your heart springs the issues and boundaries of life. Favorite scripture of mine. Look at verse 1 in chapter 3. My son, do not forget my law. Don't forget my instructions. But let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Now either you're going to believe that scripture or you're not. If you don't, it's not going to affect you. If you believe it, it's going to affect you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Who's going to write them on your heart? You are. If you don't, it won't. It's not going to happen by coming to church on Sunday. It's when you lay your head down on the bed and you meditate on God's Word every night. You are writing them on your heart. The more you meditate, the stronger you meditate, the more you feel it. I have been a basket of tears because I have felt Jesus hug me. It moved me. The power of your mind is huge. You ever wake up from a dream in a panic? Your blood pressure up, your heart going like this. It moved you, your mind. Do it on purpose. Change your life. Father, we thank you for this opportunity you've given us to share this evening. Holy Spirit, I am excited to lay my head down on my bed and be quiet. I'm going to meditate on your greatness, your goodness. I'm going to meditate on your gifts. I'm going to see myself standing by the river. I'm going to meditate on your promises. Your word being fulfilled in me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. <laughs> I'm excited to go to sleep tonight. And when I wake up, I'm going to look more like Jesus. 
I'm going to be convinced that your will is being done in me. That which you've started, you're going to complete. And I'm trusting in you. With this church, we are trusting in you that what you've started, you will complete. All God's people said, Amen. Amen.